This is the Aspen Public Radio newscast. I'm your host, Caroline Yanez, in for Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories of the day. This week, Pitkin County is turning its focus to the 2024 legislative session at the Capitol in Denver. County commissioners will discuss the topics they want to keep track of, support, and oppose, as well as how they can coordinate with groups like the Colorado Association of Ski Towns to advance key goals. State lawmakers are planning to introduce bills related to how short-term or vacation rentals are taxed, real estate transfer fees, and a vacancy tax on empty residences, all things that Pitkin County officials want to keep a close eye on. In addition, the county will be looking at pieces of legislation coming out of Governor Jared Polis's failed land use bill from last year. That includes building new housing near transit and incentives for accessory dwelling units or ADUs. The West Mountain Regional Housing Coalition is hosting a forum for local governments this week. The nonprofit's membership includes Pitkin and Eagle Counties and the municipalities of Glenwood Springs, Carbondale, Basalt, Snowmass Village, and Aspen. Its main program right now is a buy-down and deed restriction program, but it's hoping to create incentives for accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, and a program to support renters with first and last month's rent to help them secure a lease. The goal of the forum, which will take place on Thursday morning at the Arts Campus at Willits, or Takaw, is to give people a point-in-time update on the region's housing landscape, as well as to discuss future policy, funding priorities, and to highlight certain inequities in the housing market. Officials will also get to see the results of studies that highlight the region's rental market, land availability for future projects, and an assessment of housing inventory. Aspen Gay Ski Week is back with celebrations, performances, and plenty of skiing. Programming began over the weekend and continues through this Sunday. Kaya Williams has more on the lineup. Many of the biggest events require tickets or passes to get in. Prices range from 20 bucks for a panel discussion at the Belly Up to roughly $1,500 for a pass to more than a dozen different events. The Gay Ski Week lineup includes several drag performances, a celebration on top of Aspen Mountain, and an infamous pool party at the Aspen Rec Center. Proceeds from the tickets benefit Aspen Out and other nonprofits that support the LGBTQ community. There are also some programs people can check out for free, like apres ski parties every afternoon and a downhill costume contest on Saturday. Drag queen Ms. Miriam T. hosts the contest, which includes a colorful parade down the Little Nell Run at Aspen Mountain. From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. The city of Aspen, in collaboration with Pitkin County and local property owner Bob Olson, has completed a land exchange and conservation easement for the Pride of Aspen. The swap was approved from ballot question 2B by Aspen voters in 2021, preserving the parcel and granting the public access to over 19 acres of Shadow Mountain for recreation and wildlife conservation. In exchange, the city gave up 4,000 square feet of city-owned land and offered a 2,000-square-foot landscape easement for Olson. Officials say this property expands the city's public land portfolio without any financial expenditure. Snowy weather in the region made for difficult driving conditions across Colorado this weekend, especially in the mountains. A bank slide on Highway 40 between Granby and I-70 closed Berthoud Pass yesterday. The pass remained closed overnight, and there's no reopening time set for today. Ten cars were reportedly caught in the slide, though no injuries were reported. Drivers should expect safety closures on roads throughout the mountains today, including on I-70, according to CDOT, due to avalanche danger or other adverse conditions. 
conditions. U.S. Highway 6 over Loveland Pass is also closed today, and slower speeds are advised through Glenwood Canyon. CDOT plows are active throughout the region, including on I-70 west of Parachute and east of Glenwood Canyon near Gypsum, as well as on Highway 82 to Aspen. Aspen is expecting up to four inches of snow today, while Glenwood Springs could see up to three. In statewide news, the state of Nebraska is buying land in Colorado for a canal that would take water from the South Platte River. KUNC's Alex Hager reports the Perkins County Canal Project still has a lot of unanswered legal and practical questions. Nebraska recently bought about 90 acres near Julesburg on the Eastern Plains. It's a major step for the project. From the start, critics have said it hasn't been adequately thought through. Jim Yon manages the North Sterling Irrigation District in Colorado. You know, I still wonder about the feasibility of it if they've looked into it closely enough to, you know, really understand exactly how much water they're going to get out. The project hinges on a century-old legal agreement that details Nebraska's legal rights to water from the South Platte. Officials in Lincoln say there's probably still a decade of design, permitting, and construction before the canal becomes a reality. Alex Hager, KUNC. Military satellites helped detect and track dozens of wildfires in our region last year. The FireGuard program involves National Guard analysts monitoring for fires almost in real time. It launched in 2019 and scans for fires in a number of states. Mike Morgan leads the Colorado Division of Fire Prevention. He says the program helped keep tabs on 75 wildfires across the state last year. We found that FireGuard about 10 to 15 percent of the time was finding something prior to a 911 call. Morgan says it's a valuable fire prevention tool, but he doesn't see it as a replacement for wildfire cameras or aircraft monitoring. Two National Park Service areas in western Colorado raised their fees this year. Colorado Public Radio's Tom Hess reports the changes apply to camping and boat owners. Black Canyon National Park and Curaconte National Recreation Area have not raised camping or boating fees in years. The changes range from a $4 increase to some campgrounds to eliminating two- and 14-day boat launch permits for Curaconte, which is home to Colorado's largest reservoir, Blue Mesa. Boaters will now be able to purchase a seven-day permit for $20 or a seasonal pass for $40. Tom Hess, CPR News. Denver schools serving a rapidly growing number of migrant students could get a funding boost. Here's CPR education reporter Jenny Brundine. The Denver Foundation plans to raise money it will give directly to impacted schools. It will also allow schools to apply for funding. Teachers in some Denver schools are reporting overwhelming challenges, such as more than 30 children in a kindergarten class, each child with distinct needs. The city has seen more than 36,000 migrants from the southern border in the past year, many of them from Venezuela. The foundation plans to formally launch the fundraising initiative later this month. Jenny Brendine, CPR News. In regional news, one person was killed in an avalanche last week at Lake Tahoe's largest ski resort. National data shows over the past decade, an average of 25 people died in avalanches each winter. The Mountain West News Bureau's Caleb Radel has more. The data comes from the Colorado Avalanche Information Center. It says nearly 250 people have died in avalanches across the U.S. in the last 10 years. A majority of them were backcountry skiing or snowmobiling. About two-thirds of those deaths happened in the Mountain West. In Colorado, 64 people died in avalanches during that span. Ethan Green is the Avalanche Center's director. He says forecasting avalanche conditions has become more challenging in recent years. Because of climate change, 
and uh, the increases in temperature are affecting precipitation, the timing, the frequency, the intensity, like all these sorts of things. And all of those things definitely impact avalanches. He urges skiers and riders to always check avalanche forecasts, which can be found for all mountain ranges at avalanche.org. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Caleb Radel. Scientists have developed a way to attribute smoke pollution and its health impacts to specific wildfires. The Mountain West News Bureau's Murphy Woodhouse has more. The severity of individual wildfires is often talked about with metrics familiar in the West. Structures destroyed, acres burned, and costs to suppress. But what about the health impacts of smoke? Can we actually put a number to that specific fire's impact in terms of smoke on people? Um, That was really the main kind of motivation for us because we felt that the existing metrics didn't capture this really increasingly uh, important air pollution impact component. That's Jeff Wen, who recently finished his Earth System Science PhD at Stanford University. He was the lead author on a paper that details how estimates of asthma-related ER visits can be chalked up to individual blazes. The 2018 campfire destroyed Paradise, California, and killed dozens of people. But using their new methodology, Wen and his colleagues estimated that it also led to 460 excess hospital visits. He says better information about the potential health consequences of smoke from individual fires could help officials better allocate resources. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Murphy Woodhouse. The Aspen Public Radio newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Kaya Williams, your usual host, Eleanor Bennett, and me, Caroline Yanez. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.